Welcome, Phoenix fans, to episode 12 of The Burning Bird. I'm Steve Leinert, the play-by-play announcer for the Philadelphia Phoenix and some kind of content contributor of some kind every once in a while, I assume. (laughs) We're here with uh, our regular partners in crime, Alexander Shaggy Shragus. Crunchy as ever. Oh, you are crunchy as ever, Shaggy, (laughs) no question about that. And we are recording from... Huck's house here in Roxborough. Harvest, thanks for having us at your home. No problem. It's Huck the host. Huck the host. You know what? This got me to, to, to thinking on my way down here, Harvest. I've never really seen you play Ultimate before. Uh, and you don't you're really, lucky. You're lucky. You're lucky one. I'm, a, I'm one of the... I'm oh, one yes. of the... Like, your, your, your legend only exists in my brain. Um, and uh, which is probably a good place for it to stay. However, now I'm like... Now I'm interested. Now my, my curiosity's peaked. You don't seem like a guy that takes a lot of chances to me in regular life. So for so somebody to be called Huck, you got to kind of let the disc fly. Do you Huck the disc a lot? Oh, I make a lot of dumb decisions on the field. Okay. Uh, all right, well, that Ooh. explains a lot. That explains Ooh, yeah. a lot. Okay. That's all I do sometimes. <laughs> That's the best kind of freaking player. Yeah. Well, if I force the wrong side on purpose. As, as long as you're not throwing 10-yard dump incompletions, those are, those are killer. And we had one of those in the Phoenix Empire game last week that really led to a, a pivotal swing of events. Um, it's nice to hear that you at least let go of the disc every once in a while with a little bit of, like, freedom. You know what I mean? Letting yourself have a little bit of fun, even if it's not complete. It's fun watching it fly, right, Huck? Oh, yeah. But the aftermath is just terrible. <laughs> as soon as it leaves your hands, every all bets are off. Well, the Phoenix played a heck of a game, frankly, in my opinion, against the New York Empire last week. A lot of delays in the weather. Um, I'm not quite sure when the team found out Toronto had beaten the breeze and ended their playoff chances, but the team... I heard they didn't. They didn't. They did not. I heard kept it under wraps. Now, it's possible that, like... During one of those 70 lightning delays, a fan snuck some information to a player because... Like, what else are you supposed to talk about? But according to Hampson, they were under wraps the whole time. Well, they played like it. And you got to give Hampson and the coaching staff a lot of credit for that, the ownership and the leadership of the team. They didn't uh, let, let the Toronto game affect their performance against the Empire. Now, uh, Billy Sickles had just one heck of a game. I, I believe he had uh, three goal, uh, four goals, three assists. For uh, for the uh, for the Phoenix, thank you, Huck. There for bringing. I, I I turned away from the microphone, which is rare for me. Um, and then like Sean Mott with a goal and five assists. I mean, your your stars showed up against the Empire. You held a lead until the third quarter. You're up thirteen ten at half, and then you you give up five goals and only score two yourself in the third quarter. Again, suddenly you're tied at fifteens. I mean, you know, that that was a big swing of events there in the third quarter. I think a big difference was, and I talked to Brian Jones, the coach of New York, a little bit, a bit about this after the game, but you could tell they were they started running universe uh, D-point lines. They were basically running their universe line that whole third quarter, and it cost them a little bit in the fourth. They were still able to get it out, but Yacht moved over to the D-line. Williams moved over to the D-line. Um, Babbitt, who had been playing O points all games, played a bunch of O. He played like five or six in a row. Uh, they were playing as if 
the next lightning delay would be the last lightning delay. And they had to come out in the third quarter and put a bunch of points on the board really quick. And I'm not sure if the Phoenix... I, I don't think that this is a case of... Look, a lot of times the Phoenix have come out flat in the third quarter. I think this was a case of they just... They were playing as like really well. They played a good game the whole game. New York took it to another level, and I don't think the Phoenix were ready for that to happen. Um, that tends to happen to a lot of teams this year. Where it, and uh, I, I said this to, to Hampson before the game when I was talking with him, um, how the Empire has been playing with a little bit of fire, and not fire, but I mean fired up. Is like they're they're um, they're messing around with karma. And they keep getting behind here in the second half of games, and they're able to flip a switch and turn it on and win games, not by a lot, but they've done it against the Breeze a couple times. They did it against uh, 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 Toronto. They've done it against uh, the Phoenix here this past game on Saturday. And to me, if you live like that, at some point you're going to get burned by that. And come finals weekend, if they if they start rolling – universe point lines a little later than they did against the Phoenix, they might not have the positive outcome they had earlier in the year. Well, to speak to that, of all the undefeated teams that the AUDL's ever had, you know, the Toronto team, there's a Madison team, a San Jose team, a couple of Dallas teams, this is the first time that a team has gone undefeated in the regular season and has had a point margin in the 40s and 50s. Usually teams do that. Their, their point differentials all the way in like 120. Like the, the last lowest is like one of the roughnecks had like 106. New York, I think right now, is at exactly 50. They were plus 50 for the season, which is pretty low considering they didn't lose a game. Well, and, uh, and Huck, let's talk about this for a second here. Uh, parity across the AUDL has been the story of the season, in my opinion. The, the bottom feeders of yesteryear are rising up and the the perennial uh, division champions are now suddenly the gap between them and the also rans have been has been sh- shortened greatly. Um, how's how's that been as a fan for you to, to witness something like that? To to know that the Phoenix are in even though they're going in against the undefeated Empire with essentially their playoff chances already dashed. Weather, lightning, striking, stopping the game four or five different times, yet they still come out and put up a 22-20 effort against a, a team like the Empire. Yeah, some of those lightning delays were definitely fortuitous for the Empire, especially in the first one when the Phoenix were just coming out firing. And, you know, as a fan just looking at the Phoenix, it's like, when are we going to have our chance? We see New York, they have these all-stars that just perform every time. Every time they're putting up these huge points. You look at DC, you see McDowell, he puts on these huge points, and it's, when's our time going to be? And we can see some, we can see us rising a little bit, right? We can see Toronto kind of slipping this year, and we, we can see us being that third spot, envisioning us in that third spot, moving on, and at least making playoffs next year. But but this year, like Shaggy discussed earlier, uh, while we were talking for the podcast, was, you know, that Montreal loss. That hurt us. Twenty five fifteen was just that was just I don't even know what happened. In that, that was game. a must win that we lost. That was a killer, and that was the margin for error that the Phoenix needed for this weekend coming up against the Outlaws and against the Royale to mean something. Uh, that was their margin for error. Had they won that game, then perhaps we're still talking about a shot at backdooring Toronto. Uh, but we wouldn't be because we'd have six losses. But 
the path, the path was there. The path was there. And that's encouraging going forward. Now, against the Empire, when I, I felt like when the Phoenix went O-Universe uh, line, that they had a lot of success against the Empire, and I was kind of curious why they wouldn't have gone to that a little bit sooner. Um, I think that our lines have become looser and looser as the seasons have, as the seasons worn on. I think that's been a good thing for the most part. We've been more successful with this conglomeration of players. But the other thing is that our universe O-line, our domineering points, there's been a lot of turnover this season. And part of the problem is that you tend to rely on an extremely efficient, productive, experienced uh, handler core with a lot of chemistry to kind of make those tick. And if you look at the handlers that have cycled through our uh, – our offense and our defense, it's all over the place. Like we started the year with Ethan Peck, Ryan Weaver, and Ethan Fortin. That that line played one game together. Uh, then it, Evan Carson's been in and out. Stu Heem's been in and out. Nick Damiano. Mattel. Damiano took a big leave. You know, our we haven't had, like, just Harper Garvey running around doing stuff. For, with, Jack, with Jack Williams as your as his sidekick. Well, <laughs> like, that's a heck of a sidekick, man. I, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen a player so dominate a game with so few scores and assists as Jack Williams did in that game. It just seemed like every time anything had to happen, Jack Williams did it. There were there were catches that he made that are I'm still thinking about like four days later. All right. Well, let, let's talk about one of those catches. He skied somebody right on the goal line in the I believe it was in the second half. Yeah. And there was a call, and then somehow. He didn't have to throw the disc. Ben Yacht got the disc from uh, Jack Williams by walking over to him, and, and, and Jack Williams handed it to him. There were a lot of suspicious things that happened in that game. I think the refs were really rough, man. Well, so, so part of it was that the entire time the New York sideline was screaming obscenities at them or coming on the field and cursing at them. Really? There were multiple New York players that accused them of being, like, of like tilting things for the Phoenix in no uncertain terms. They were like, you are you are favoring the Phoenix. Like you're probably taking money under the table. Stuff like that. It, it's the, it was the kind of stuff that like I was shocked that some of those players didn't get thrown out of the game. Um, we did not hear cursing in the booth at all. So this is news to me. Yeah, same here. I almost and, yeah. and I think that it was a little frazzling for the referees. I'm sure it was. I mean getting I didn't I did not know they were getting abused by the New York Empire. I mean, um, I, I don't know if Like, verbally abusing, and I mean, by yelling obscenities at them and accusing them of being... Like, look, I know those guys. I've worked with those guys as a clock operator. They're, they're, those guys are, are full of integrity, okay? They, for sure. I mean, they, they're, these are like the referees the Phoenix have, and J.B. Harrington wasn't there. And I'm, like, I'm not saying J.B. doesn't have integrity. He does. But the, the, the ones that, that were there... I know for a fact have the utmost integrity, and they would never call things solely for one team, and they definitely wouldn't take things under the table. And I'm surprised that at least one of those referees, namely Dan Spicer, if somebody started cursing at him, I'm surprised he didn't start cursing back at him. Because well, that's who Dan Spicer is. You know? I'm actually kind of curious about that one play you talked about when Ben Katz, oh, uh, sorry, not Ben Katz, uh, sorry. Jack Williams. Jack Williams caught the distance the goal line. I think Ben Yell was fouled. Uh, yeah, I think the, it was a foul on the throw. He, uh... He actually punched my brother in the face with a wind-up, I think. Right, but Probably once it yeah. punch him in the face. <laughs> once that once that disc is caught, though, that foul no longer okay. exists. 
and Jack Williams has the disc on the goal line. I think you don't you, give it to Ben Yatta. Not that Jack Williams wouldn't would, have thrown the goal. If I but, had my druthers, I'd have given it to Ben Yatta to throw over Jack Williams every time. Right. Okay, but I'm, I'm saying that's not the way it should have happened in 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 the in the in the parlance of our of our sport right now is is what I'm trying to get at. Anyway. Um, long story short, yeah, no, there was a lot of suspicious things. It was just a weird night in general with yeah. the lightning, with the fans. Uh, like at first they, they stuck through one lightning delay and then they just started with each one that happened after that, it started trickling further and further out. And, uh, I, I have to say for, the- I'm still shocked that you, you, you had that revelation that the empire were all over the, uh, referee squad. Well, uh, so here's my question. And maybe this is a broader point, but now that the Phoenix are knocked out of the playoffs, maybe we can discuss it. I don't know if the, the Empire will have to play a game this year where there there are referees that are not that are like unwilling to put up with that. They're gonna go home and play a home game. We really it would be unseemly to do too much cursing at your home referees. Sure. Like I'm never gonna be that upset at Brian or Spicer because I'm gonna have to see them on like Tuesday at uh, a game. Exactly. So, you know, everything that I say is tempered with the fact that I do know this person. I can't really... So they have that. And then they have championship weekend where, like, it seems to me that the ADL has time and time again taken the stance that we would like there to be as positive a viewing experience as possible. Which means not throwing players out if they're getting to, like, if they're, the things that they're saying cross the line. But that's the kind of thing where you throw that dude out. If you accuse a referee of cheating, you throw him out. That person's gone. That, that's what should have happened. But then, okay, now wouldn't the, that looked as if they were perpetrating New York's take, stance so by they saying, take it out of okay, the league office. You're, you're out. Yeah. No. What, it, what it's showing is you can't accuse referees of cheating. I the agree. The sport with you. only functions if we abide by the honesty and integrity of the highest authority on the field, which is becoming more and more so the refs. And if you don't like that, go play club. Right. Don't play in a professional league. But if you play in a professional league, you're going to have refs, they're going to make calls, and you might not agree with the calls. But in this case, the calls they were arguing weren't even taking to foul calls. They were upset because they called a lightning delay. They were like, oh, pretty expletive, expletive, convenient to call that lightning delay. There's lightning. Yeah. There is lightning. Was, uh, during the broadcast, I kept saying, wow, there's another lightning strike there out in the, uh, in the distance. And, and uh, Andrea kept saying, oh, that's... That's too far away. It's too far away. I promise you. I was like, oh, you, you can see it. Isn't it close enough? I'm not going to. I think, it's, I think it's pretty dangerous. I promise you Jeff and Christina did not cut a deal with God to assist the Phoenix this season. You never know. Christina is very influential. Well, look, if Christina Hashtag- had cut that deal, God needs to be called in for some pretty heavy questioning because the Phoenix did not have a season uh, blessed with some holy touches. Hashtag Chung Fury. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, it was, it was frustrating. It was a. Uh, it, it was. It was rough. Now, all right. No, okay. Now, Huck, you watch other sports, right? Of course. Okay. All right. Now, in professional, sometimes the the players don't agree with the referees, and they start giving them the business. Yeah, you kicked at, out. At what point? At what point do you kick somebody out? Uh, if you're if you're refereeing a game there. 
If somebody now if somebody, they're, if they're explicit, explicit as or there's swear words going on, I would kick them out the first. The first expletive first you're, you're throwing yeah. out. First curse word. Wow. Towards me as as a ref towards oh, me. Oh sure sure. Watching sure. towards me with a curse. Oh yeah, you're well, out. All right. Well, like what if it's the bull? That's LeBron that got kicked well, out. Okay. All right. What if it's Bull Durham rules? You know what Bull Durham is? The movie no. Bull Durham. Okay. Bull Durham. Like Kevin Costner is a catcher, and the, and they and he wants to argue this point with an umpire, and the umpire is like. Don't you call me a cocksucker. And Kevin Costner goes, I didn't call you a cocksucker. And he Excellent. goes, don't, don't you call me an expletive. And then, and, then he, and then he goes, cocksucker. You cocksucker. And he throws him out. He goes, oh, can you throw me out for calling? He goes, you call me a cocksucker. You wanted me to call you a cocksucker. Expletive. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's up to the rest of discretion. Anyway, anyway, right? Yeah. But uh, when, it, well, like, I'm just saying, I'm then if that's the case, if what Shaggy said is true, and the umpire were cursing at the at the uh, referees during the yeah. just for calling lightning delays, which are frankly there to save lives. Like we've seen, like there, there's been ultimate players that have died. On ultimate fields that didn't get off the field in time because of lightning strikes, and we as an ultimate community, especially here in Pennsylvania, take that very seriously, and I'm sure people take it seriously everywhere. And the Empire have just got to understand that that's just the case. Now, granted, every time the Empire come to A.A. Carthway Stadium, there's a problem with the darn weather. It seems like man, they've gotten like one real game in here. Yeah, that was, um, that, that, was that first game. That was a. That was clean. Yeah, game. They had a great game that first game. Yeah, the first game, but like last year, they had to move it to the uh, 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 to the field uh, oh, yeah, at PW. And uh, I would say all our games last year had some weather issues. Yeah, and then and then this year wasn't ideal, but it was better. Oh yeah, um, it was. It was well, like, he, Mike tried to change some of the start times to earlier in the afternoon, so we escaped a lot of that. Like the weather's cooling down, the rains are coming in. That happens in April, June. Very smart of Mike to do, and I'm I'm very I'm one that's very rare to say those words from. Now, Mike, uh, good job by Mike this year, and I think overall, though, all right. So let's let's talk about that. So the home schedule comes to an end. Uh, They have two more. The Phoenix have two more games on the road. It's a a Canadian road trip. They're going up to play the Ottawa Outlaws on Saturday, and then ending the season with a game in Montreal against the Royale on Sunday. Uh, The home portion of the schedule is over. Shaggy was the in stadium announcer, Thank you. I was doing the play by play. Guest appearance from Huck, right? Guest appearance from Huck doing color commentary. How was the home experience for you guys? What did you? What, what was your takeaways from the Phoenix home games this year? I think it was much better this year, just from seeing the stands. Shaggy did an amazing job. You know, loved your announcing. It was. DJ was on point. I thought a lot of huge crowd was in. I thought the food was great. You had a lot you of know. energy. You did. You did a good job there, Shaq. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Props to you. I mean, you really made it funny. Made it fun. You made you help people stay. It, especially that first game against New York. That was our first home game, right? Against New York. That was. Yeah, I think we had a lot of people there. It was a nice day. Warm weather. It was a huge success. I saw Christina shake Michael Carter's hand. You know, they were they're looking at the crowd and awe. They're like, oh my god, we did this. We had whole stands filled. And I think every home game was at that point, that high point. I think it was a huge crowd for every home game. Where last year, when I was here, when I went to games, I don't think the stands were filled as much. The only time I saw the stands filled last year was when Pittsburgh came to Philadelphia last year. That was the only time I saw it really filled, a stadium really bumping. But other than that, this year, I think, on point. I mean, the Ottawa game, 
that sucked how that one had to go to Patreon. <laughs> that was awful for me, you know. It was <laughs> awful for everyone. Standing the great time. That's one of the best experiences I've had. Yeah, maybe ever. That was so fun. Uh, I couldn't. Are you sarcastic? I couldn't no, I was here standing on the roof, getting beaten down by the rain. I'm yelling into the wind. No one, no one's there. So I'm just saying whatever I want. I think that I, I became, was echoing you, Shag. I was echoing. That's you. true. <laughs> I think I became a much better uh, in stadium announcer because of that game. It really helped me. When you were talking about sunscreen, when it was raining that hard, I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough to not crack up, but I, I got through it. I mean, this game, too, like, I did a bunch of sunscreen reads, and, you know, Tiger Bomb this, and Coats that, and Soul Shield this, and it's pouring, and there's lightning delays, and then it's nighttime, and the lights are on. <laughs> Please head on over to our stand to pick up some Coats sunscreen. As a fan for me, this year was much better than last year, though. Just from my point of view, I think it was a great experience. Well, I mean, I, I think that, uh, and uh, this is by far not our last podcast. I'm sure we're going to go through the playoffs and finals at weekend. We'll uh, still be doing the Burning Bird. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about the implications it has on the Phoenix going forward. But I think the Phoenix overall took grew up by leaps and bounds, not only as uh, a front office, as, as ownership, as uh, as a team, but the young players stepped up this year, and they're ending the season playing really well. Like Shaggy said last week, is that Ryan Weaver slinging hot fire right now, and he really is. I mean, he's he's learning to throw to space. Yeah, and and, and like we discussed last week too, New York's a bad matchup for him. I think against any other team in the division, he should be one of uh, our most productive players. And in New York, you know, he's going to struggle. Yeah, well, you're, he has to throw it deep, and you got Yacht and Babbitt back there, and, and Williams. I mean, and Williams. I mean, you just what do you? What are the draws? But not the draws that him he uh, embarrassed. What is what is? I mean, what are you supposed to do back there? But I think I think as uh, you grew up as an announcer in the stadium, I mean, you we all grew into this podcast a little bit. You know, I grew into the play by play a little bit more. Uh, I'm like it's over. We have I'm two starting, more games. I'm starting to. I'm starting to learn the. Uh, well, no more announcing. though. I mean, our announcing's over. And, oh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And we're and, and next week will be the end of the the, this, the Phoenix season. But when, again, I already stated it wasn't over, and we're going to be continuing this through the playoffs and championship weekend. But it's time to like sit back and say, hey, you know what? We did all right this year, man. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't, regardless of the outcome of this Canadian trip, because as Shaggy points out. And we'll get the Shaggy Super Stat of the Week. And I would hope that it would include something of a northern trip for the Phoenix. But maybe it doesn't. But any time a team takes these trips up to Canada for doubleheaders, it doesn't always end super well. And if it doesn't end well for the Phoenix, you know what? It's still okay. They had a pretty darn good season is all I'm saying. Uh, you know what I mean? As a, you know, just because it's the last two games doesn't mean we can't sit there and go, hey, pretty cool. And getting two wins this weekend would be huge. It'd be a huge step forward, and it'd be a huge feather in the coaching staff's uh, cap that these guys are still focused and fighting hard. Look, they weren't terrible last year. We're not. So they, were, they weren't that bad last year. And this year, we thought they'd be great. They got Mark Sands, Zach Sands, and Billy Sickles. Those were key players coming into this year that we saw the Philadelphia Phoenix really rising with those players. Billy Sickles transferring from the MOU, finally, you know, biting the bullet, biting the dust, you know, just saying, okay, fine, I'll play for the AUDL with the Phoenix. We thought Bailey would be our star, our gem, and really take he us was. to the next level. Yeah, and he, he did. Him he and did. But, but he the, is. the he results. Is. Yeah, no, he, he did, but the results. The results are I, I expected more. I saw great players coming in, and I'm like, oh, my God. 
We were right there now. And okay, now let me ask you this. If, if they beat Montreal, how's this? How's your tune change? If they, if they had beaten Montreal that game that they lost 25-15 midseason at home, if they win that game, they're, they're still alive right here. Are you are you sitting here saying that Billy didn't produce, that these guys didn't? I'm not saying Billy didn't produce. Not at all. No, he produced. I'm saying from a fan's point of view, we thought we were getting huge players. It's like it's like the it's like the Phillies. Players. It's like the Phillies saying we get we got Bryce Harper. We, we're going to be great this year, and and then he, uh, he, he Billy. But Bryce Harper doesn't yeah. pitch. Okay, they need some pitching. The Phillies. Okay, okay. and and Billy Sickles, like Bryce yeah. Harper, needs some help. I don't want. I don't want to compare Billy and Harper. So I think Billy's much better than Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> we need a, we need a handler core that you plays be together. We want to talk about pitching. We need a handler core that plays together enough yes. to develop the kind of chemistry to not throw dump turnovers where it's miscommunication, and that's no one's fault. Look, that turnover that we had where Ethan was cutting one way and the throw went a different way. That's not the thrower's fault, and that's not Ethan's fault. That's the fact. Well, it's a, the system could like improve that maybe a little, but those players haven't had a lot of in-game experience together, and it shows when we're doing stuff like that. Look, I mean, we read all the roster, but, like, there are a ton of handlers that have cycled in and out this year. We're going to have a total, like, I'm pretty sure uh, Connor Boyle and um, Dylan Smith are going to Canada. We're going to have, like, new handlers in Canada again. You'd like to see some consistency. Yeah, and, and I think that all those players are good. And if we and if we could keep, and they all probably, and we ended up with the people who go to practice, which I think is a big deal also. So they are getting the reps there. But I think it would mean a lot if those players had meaningful points together. You're and right. and they that. haven't had we haven't had that this season. We, we haven't had the same, yeah. you know, six handlers in every game. Which we had that Scott Shoe experiment that didn't work out. You know, we had him come he was great last year, coming back this year, we're expecting greatness. Sure, the three years uh, of Scotty Zoo were yeah. been quite well yeah. but also speaking of last year, we were three one and one in AA Garthway last year. We had wins against Ottawa, Montreal, and Pittsburgh. Lost to Toronto and tied DC at home, and we played New York not at home. So that, those were big wins, and and that was part of why we, we ended played New York the season. once at home, I think. Not what? not in the stadium, but the last no, game no, of the no, season. No, 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 yeah, but, uh, the, right. That's what I'm saying. At Garthwaite, it wasn't oh, I'm, okay. I'm sorry. We ended the season. It wasn't the nest huck. Okay. <laughs> we ended the season five one and six last year. We have no shot of doing that this year. Now, granted, we played a reeling Pittsburgh team. We haven't played anybody quite at the level that Pittsburgh was at last year in terms of putting up a performance. But we're not going to be as, as good record-wise as we were, were last year, even though I think going into the season, we all thought the team was supposed to be better. So it's a good point. How do you reconcile that? I think the team, I think the team was better this year and has been better, especially the second half of the season, post-All-Star break. I mean, that, I think the team, like, going into Toronto and shocking Toronto was a big deal. Well, so those are those are two games against Toronto that we can hang our hat on and say, hey, this year we did it. Now, I'm a Steeler fan, so last year, Steelers, you know, they didn't make the playoffs. Okay. But they did beat the Patriots. Uh, they did beat the Patriots. So right. The Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. We also, had, <laughs> we also had, instead of a bunch of games against Montreal and Ottawa, I think we had three games against maybe Ottawa last year. We had three games against New York, New York. and three games against D.C. Uh-huh. And we had Rowan returning to his uh, world-beater form, and at least two of them, which has been... Real rough. Yeah, and what, uh, uh, two against Ottawa, two against Montreal, home and home? Yeah. I mean, uh, those those three against New York, when New York is just absolutely loaded up this year. And let's be honest, like, uh, and I, I spoke to uh, Paul Stevens after the uh, after the game. The, the, uh, Sorry. After, after the game, uh, he, um, 
I thought I got his name wrong. I was like shocked. Anyway, yeah, he, uh, no, it's Paul Stevens, the owner of the Empire, and they're 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 they they're happy with winning the East. They're happy with going undefeated. But what they really want is the AUDL title, and that's what they're gunning for this year. And I'll tell you what, Babbitt was limping off of AA Garthwaite the other night. You know, he was beat up. He's always good. limping. Uh, they had to play he's always limping. He's always I mean, jogging. <laughs> he has a hip injury that he got yeah. in that rally game. But they had to play him more points than they wanted, especially in that third quarter. Yeah, they, they, he was, and he, he could have played in the fourth. They were down to like 14, 15 dudes in the fourth quarter. They were they were pretty spent. That's for darn sure. So I, I do agree that our handler Courtney's work, but I think that game against New York, I think we just lost in the sky. I think that's what we lost. I think Yacht and Williams just came down with discs. That we're like, how did they come down with those discs? That's the only team, though, that's going to beat us in the sky. Like, we're better than D.C. and Toronto in the air. There are players on Montreal that can hang, but for the most part, we can beat them. We can beat Ottawa. So if we lose to New York in the sky, I don't mind that so much. But we lost those other games on the ground. Exactly. Yeah, but this, I think the last game was definitely sky because Harvard Garvey threw some garbage up in the air that came down, you know, just random people came down. There was a a couple of them where there was a 50-50 shot and the... The Phoenix got their hand on the disc, and the New York came down with the recovery. So, all right, anything else we want to add before we uh, travel up north to uh, finish our season there, Shaq? Who are we looking at to be the players of the weekend? I have no idea who's going, to be honest. I want to see something crazy from a young dude who doesn't play a lot. Like, 12 goals from Paul Owens, or like, 6 assists from Dylan Smith. Or like five Ds from Connor Boyle. So I want to see something insane coming out of someone. You know who that, I think is is quiet as a show up this weekend. Campanella's going. Yeah, Campanella. Campy's going to show up. Yeah, he's been playing very consistently. I think he's been at least getting one D a game every time he's been playing. You know, I think there was a game in Toronto where I think he had the most Ds. I think he had two or three Ds against Toronto when he was up there the first time. So I see him going to Canada and really digging in and doing the role he, he's meant to do. Yeah, I've said this a lot to. Uh, to Mike Arcada, but this team is like two years away from being super dangerous because you have all these young dudes you're hoping to retain, and if you keep your core of like Hemi, Arcada, Mott, Billy, they'll all be 29, 28, 29. Two years from now, they'll be at the peak of their powers. That's when this team should be looking to contend for a title, and I think Campy right now playing for AMP is a big part of that. I think he's a big part of that core moving forward. But Campy's playing for AMP? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was playing for Patrol. No. Him, Paul Owens, Nard, Mott, they're all on AM. Okay. Well, I'm 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 liking the way Austin Lillis has been playing. I mean, he yes. threw a he threw a terrible turnover <laughs> uh, on the goal line um, when the Phoenix were really seemingly uh, going in for a game tying score in the fourth quarter, and it was an absolute backbreaker. Uh, in the in the booth, we all we all just gave out a big a big groan. When that yeah. when it occurred, but I think Austin Lewis is starting to come of age a little bit, like Ryan Weaver is, and uh, I'm I'm liking the way that uh, stop put that down. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the way Peter Burt's been playing. Peter Burt uh, had a, had a, a couple of big oh blocks God, against what a game. yeah a couple of big blocks and a, a couple of big grabs against New York, and if players like that can keep uh, those young players keep stepping up, uh, the Phoenix are going to be uh, going to be a force to be reckoned with. In the future. All right, Shay, what's your super your super stat of the week? Your super super stat of the week. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't gonna have one because um, because I don't think that this weekend's about stats. I think it's about grit and heart and the team coming together to overcome some adversity. But I will say this: Canada has a combined 
uh, nation won one game on U.S. soil this year, and it was a Montreal game in Philadelphia. So, that's my stat of the week. Vengeance! Go to Montreal and beat them. Sacre bleu! Yeah, that's right. Beat them for the War of 1812. Viva America! French and Indian War. Right. Beat them for Lafayette going back to France and being really bad in the French Revolution. We should have a cheesesteak uh, versus poutine bet. With the Montreal Royale. That's right. And whoever wins, we all get to eat really well. We all get to eat poutine if the Phoenix win on the and we get the and the Royale have to buy, or we have to ship up some cheesesteaks and give them like real cuisine. We were on the door. We were on the door of putting the nail in Canada's coffin this year if we win that Montreal game. You look and you're like, I don't know if these Canadian teams are progressing in the right direction. Well, we'll see this weekend if uh, I mean Ottawa's always tough at home. And Montreal definitely is uh, definitely draws, and they kicked the crap out of us here today, Garthwaite. I would love to see the Phoenix end the season with a uh, a big win in Montreal, just as just as a statement saying, "Hey, you know what? You got us down here, but we're gonna get you up there." What does anybody know the lines this week? I don't know. The, yeah, the the Philadelphia Phoenix are minus two against Ottawa. Minus two. Minus on the two road. And a half. Yeah. Two and a half. Yeah, wow. Half. Ottawa's missing one of their best players. The Phoenix Alexander is, got hurt. Wow, ooh. he was one of their main handlers back yeah. there, down here. Yeah, Phoenix are plus one and a half against Montreal. That's a lot of respect for what the Phoenix have been doing. That is a lot of respect. That is a lot of respect for what the Phoenix have been doing. Uh, I'm, I like the Phoenix to beat Ottawa um, outright, and it'll be close, like twenty four twenty. And I think the the uh, Royale win twenty one twenty against the Phoenix. So Phoenix cover by a half point. But do not, do not pull off the full-on upset of the Royale in Montreal. I'm gonna go with uh, 19 to 16 Ottawa and Ottawa, and then like an old-school ABL game, 32 20 uh, Philly in Montreal. Wow! Wow! Do a real kicking and stomping and. What about He's he's still there. What about him? <laughs> Well, saying, I, I, we're hearkening back Kevin to grew, the days of Kevin grew toward his ACL. Yeah, it's been. And Montreal, Montreal's got some injuries. Ottawa's got some injuries. Phoenix, the Phoenix are playing their young guns. I mean, this is uh, maybe the Phoenix can pull off some upsets this weekend and raise some more eyebrows before the 2020 campaign. I do see them winning against Ottawa. I, I see them winning. It's going to be a close game. He's Ottawa's tough at home, and man, they don't have Sanders, so maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it 20, 2016 Phoenix. And then I'm also going to say they're going to lose to Montreal. It's the first time we say they'll lose. They're, I think it's the second Are game. Are you okay? Yeah. it's. you feeling all right? I know. It's, <laughs> it's tough. But it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be like a New York game. Right? I think it's the second game of the weekend. They don't have all their people going up to Montreal. The patrol has a tournament in Colorado. So they're missing a, a bunch of main Main players, Billy Sigals, Bryce Colorado's Cup. Them. Colorado yeah. Cup this so week. So yeah. I, I will say they don't have enough people. They don't have enough people for Montreal uh, on Sunday. So I think. Hampson was talking about getting, rostering himself for this Canada trip. Was he really? Oh, that's how he, he we was. Wanna, we might want to rethink the I whole. think I ran the 40 faster than him. Oh, Just a word. little bit. There, there are better knees than he does. Six point. seconds, I swear. There are sun, <laughs> there are sundials that move quicker than Coach Hampson does at this juncture in time. <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for episode 12 of The Burning Bird. For 
Alexander Shaggy Shragas and Huck Meta. I'm Steve Leinert. Thank you for joining us on The Burning Bird.